When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Oh, so much going on in sports today. Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, and former Viking Alex Boone here. Another half an hour of Purple Daily, and then Mackie and Judd with Rami will be coming up uh, at 4 o'clock with so much to talk about with Major League Baseball. It looks like a trade might be on the horizon for D'Angelo Russell. Uh, that seems to be gaining steam. What's going which on? Is crazy. Today? And also just reading that a player for the women's Gophers team has just decided to quit the program. So, wow. no big deal. Yeah, just, uh, you know, regular things. <laughs> Another Thursday, Alex. Um, so uh, the other day we talked about Courtney's tweets that she got from people and their biggest fears for this offseason. Um, I'm doing an entire series called The Future of the Vikings. I do it every year at the end of the season uh, and look at every single position, the biggest questions, how people performed this year by the numbers and so forth, and what the storylines might be going forward. And I wonder from you guys, aside from the quarterback, which I wrote today at our free website, scorenorth.com, aside from the quarterback, what would be the position that is at the top of your list that you have the most questions about that you really want to know How is this going to play out? How are they going to fix this? How are they going to change this? What are they going to do? What is the first one, Judd, that comes to your mind? Okay, this one is not an issue as far as a problem goes, but it's going to be a problem of what to do here because I'm convinced you can't pay both guys what they either are making currently or deserve, the safety position. What do you do there? Harrison Smith is a great player. He's 30. He's been a great player, but he paid really, really well. And I think he, I think you need, if you have one great safety, that's awesome. Two great safeties to me is a luxury, especially when the guys around them, the cornerbacks, are disintegrating. So do you, and I looked it up today, I believe Anthony Harris is 28. Do you pay Harris and either get Harrison Smith to take a pay cut or jettison him? Or if if Anthony Harris, because I think he's going to get paid, if somebody comes along and says, we're signing him, do you say, well, we're invested in Harrison Smith, we love him too bad? That's the one. Because I don't think you can have two guys playing safety who are going to be paid as much as those two are by somebody in 2020. How do you think they'll handle it, Alex? I I think that they're going to have to pay Anthony. I think you're right. I think when you have one great safety dude, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But when you can have two... and. 
Anthony doesn't get a lot of respect, but he should because he led the league in interceptions with Stephon Gilmore and Tredavious White. And what that means to opposing quarterbacks and how that can shut down the field. And then you have the box player in, Ant- in Harrison Smith. I mean, dude, come on. That is too – I mean, it's like – that's like a step above the Legion of Boom almost in my opinion. Because, dude, with Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor, remember them back then? Those guys were ferocious god they were ball hawks too and they weren't afraid to stick their nose in and get physical with people like that's what makes defenses so tough and people don't know this but offensive line and quarterbacks read a a defense by their safeties Mm -hmm. the more your safety can keep to himself like two great safeties that minnesota has makes it so much harder on us to be like all right where's it coming from because you see it all the time harry's down at the line at the last second there comes anthony and harry and they're rolling and you're like dude that's and people don't realize how ballsy that is to do it at the snap because you have to be sometimes in the middle of the field and you got to run from the line of scrimmage and you got to get all the way back there. Like that is tough to do. And if you and a lot of teams don't pick up on that right away, and that's why this defense starts just crashing down on you. And they don't even have to do it with a blitz. So I have two big questions here about Anthony Harris in this situation. Number one is. How would they make the space to sign people? That's, I mean, that's my question. How can you pay, how can like, you pay them both? I have overthecap.com up right now, which is where you can find all the Viking salaries and team cap space is negative $5.4 million. <laughs> We're negative guys. <laughs> We're negative. Yeah. The, people say the show needs to stop being so negative. How about the cap situation? Ooh. That'll show them. Uh, so we know that Xavier Rhodes is probably going to be gone. And if they just straight up cut him, you can, maybe around $8 million if I'm doing the quick math fast here. You can restructure Linval Joseph. You can cut Riley Reef if you want to. There's another $8, 9000000 million. You can move on from Everson Griffin if he opts out, or I think you could just straight up cut him. And, and so you can create a bunch of cap space here by removing mostly good players from the roster, which you try not to do, or restructuring. But I'm not sure that it opens up enough cap space for what Anthony Harris should want. Like you mentioned, he led the NFL in interceptions. This wasn't a guy who was just a nice little product of what Harrison Smith was doing. The best safeties in the league are getting around $15 million. That's what he should be asking for. Tyron Matthew, $14 million a year. Landon Collins, who, wow, that turned out to be a bust. Eddie Jackson, those those guys are getting Earl Thomas about fourteen to fifteen million dollars a year. So you're talking about a salary cap hit that'll be even higher for Anthony Harris if you pay him market value than someone like Xavier Rhodes is right now. And then you also have to sign other guys for the future as well, like potentially your quarterback, potentially your running back. And there's only so many guys that you could just send off the island and still have a decent football team. Harris is one of the tougher ones. I would also factor this in, too, that a lot of guys signed team-friendly deals when they thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. No one should think they're going to win the Super Bowl now, right? And so if you're Anthony Harris, you're saying, well, why should I take the Kendricks deal that was super team-friendly at the time? Why should I take the Hunter deal that was team-friendly at the time when, you know, we're just kind of another team that's pretty good but not great? You shouldn't, especially if you're not going to be able to hit free agency. I mean, when you hit free agency, that look at the Landon Collins deal. Like that is proof right there of what free agency does. You get overpaid. It is incredible. Like what happens? And so if you're Anthony, you're like, hey man, listen, I don't take a team friendly deal because you're right. We had a nice window going, and now we're not sure if that window's closed where we are. But I know that I am extremely important to that window. So now you're going to have to pay me like it. And I think that when you look at this, you're like, dude, there are some guys that are going to have to come way down, and it's. 
it's part of the process too, and you have to wonder how many guys are going to say no. Nah, man, this this isn't well, right? Because you know, is it I thought worth taking less. I thought we saw it with uh, the way uh, Kyle Rudolph handled his situation last summer, where two years ago, coming off that 2017, there was just such a good feeling from everybody. Yeah, we'll sign our deals. Like, get me right. locked up. I'm right. not. I'm not sitting out. We want to go win the Super Bowl. Even Terrence Newman tried to come back that year because he thought, well, we've got a chance to win the Super Bowl in 2018. I want to keep playing. Terrence tried to come yep. back again. I know. Two weeks ago. Terrence. That's why he wouldn't Incredible. answer our calls. Um, so, <laughs> but last year, Rudolph was much more you know, ornery about well, his he deal. He flat out said, I'm yeah. not taking a pay cut. That's right. And I think that was a sign of things to come with the way that players are going to handle this. So if you go to Linval Joseph and you say, hey, man, you know, we could cut you, he might say, all right, well, somebody else yes. will sign me. So if you want to do that, go ahead. And the same thing with any of these guys who could restructure. Riley Reef would be one of them. And, you know, these deals are just starting to add up. They have here, I don't know, almost a dozen players who are making over $9 million. And eventually, you have to do something there. There's obvious cuts like Shamar Stefan is making over five million dollars. You can right. move on from but, him, but you have to replace these guys. More importantly, well, for, from their aspect, there has to come a time that you pay for for last uh, spring time, and you tell people in that building who like these players, "Sorry, we can't do it." Yeah, you know, at some point in time, you've got to say to a, a Anthony Barr type of guy, "We can't afford you. Sorry, just leave. Just go somewhere else. You're going to get paid." With with him, he can't. No, like, no, with, with his no, but I, but I, but I'm saying Anthony Harris is a g- really good player, right? Yeah. But he's the type of guy that you're going to eventually have to say, "We just can't do this." Sorry, like you're going to get paid too much by take your pick, Pittsburgh. They're going to pay you a ton. We can't do that. Man, who's playing safety then? That, right. Who's no, playing no, the no. corners? Who's playing corners? Like that's. I'm what more I'm worried like, about the corners, guys. Well, I, you. Oh, man. I agree with you, but I think that if you could keep the safeties intact they're going to make up more in a zimmer defense in the long run because what is it all about it's all about being exotic it's all about being the next guy to come up with the next greatest defense and what does that entail your safeties being on point like there's times where you can let your cornerbacks be like zone hey we're gonna go zone but the safeties that's what you need you need those guys to always be on point because they are your last defense they're your most important discreet uh, weapons on the field, and when you have guys like a Harrison Smith who's not afraid to body anybody up, right? Like I would, I would put Harrison Smith in the category of I bet he could decleat Derrick Henry if Harrison Smith got pissed off enough and was moving fast enough, he could take out Derrick Henry by himself. Like that is just not seen, dude. Earl Thomas, we saw him get spun around in circles. Right. Like this is this is the. This is what you need. You need a good defense, and right now they're going to be hurting. You can let, and to, to your point, you can let a Linval go because you have guys behind him who are willing to step up. You can let a Shamar go, dude. Their defensive line depth is incredible. Like the guys that they roll in there, uh, Stephen Weatherly, those guys have stepped up in a huge way. They've come. He's another free and, agent, so he might end up going too. And. and now, now you're starting to run into problems. Like when you're guys that are depth, <laughs> yeah. depth players that yeah. are like really filling major yeah. roles. Like those are the guys that you're like, hey, listen, we get it. Anthony's important to us, but so is he because he is a backup player that comes in. And guys take a they they all she's she's just a backup. He comes out and comes out with like five sacks. You're like, dude, that's that's big. But Boone, my point is this: I'm letting you pick one. If you're if you're Mike and you come to me and I'm Rick or Rob. I'm I'm not saying that both those safeties are gone. What I'm saying is this is this is the time now, unlike a year ago, where you have to tell me which one you want. I, you can't have both. 
I'm, I'm, I'm allowing you to keep one. I just can't pay two guys that much in my cap, in my current cap hell. So you're saying I can only keep one safety? I'm saying you can keep one. No matter who I tell you, you can cut. Like if I'm like, yo, I'll let you cut uh, Linval. You would be like, dude, I can only keep one safety. I need help on both sides of the football. That's my problem. I would tell you that you got to keep. I would tell you that you got to keep Harry. All right. Yeah, I I tend or, to agree. Or you could quit. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, you could just walk I'm out of here. Yeah. If you're Mike, you can <laughs> quit on me too. Because I would. I would. I'd be like, I'll call a press conference. At this moment, though, at this moment, we could be talking about this team really having to rely on a lot of young players that might not be ready to step in. I mean, even at left tackle, if they decide to cut Riley Reef, it was a solid season for him, but you're talking about making $9 million on the cap by letting him go. So if you had to cut him and then move Brian O'Neill to left tackle, then you have to move somebody else into right tackle. Right now, that guy is Ole Udo, which, you know, whatever. He hasn't played much at all to be able to say whether he can actually play or not. And you might be talking about someone like Armin Watts having to step in and be your nose tackle, replacing Linval Joseph, which is a huge problem. As much as Armin Watts showed something at times when he was asked to fill in, you're not talking about a Pro Bowl caliber player. Even if he doesn't have 100% of what he had a few years ago, Linval is still an intimidating force. And even if Everson Griffin goes, you might be talking about having to have a Fadi Adenabo play that role, which means all the time he's rushing the passer, not just on third down and long, and not just cleaning up the messes that uh, are created by Everson and by Daniil Hunter. And, and that's where if you have to uh, get rid of all these guys who are good, proven NFL players just to get under the salary cap, just to fill out your defensive secondary with another safety and two more corners and and, and so forth, that's where it gets very hard to do the math on this team. It's like... We all knew at some point the check was going to come. And you just kept ordering food and ordering food and eating the food okay, and having guys. a good time. And today, and the, the did a great showed job, up. too. Rob, oh, there's Rob no did an outstanding, outstanding job. Outstanding job so to he, open the window this he long. He prolonged the meal as long as yes. you, you possibly could. He still could. might be able to, too, though. Like, that's the thing is, we're not, you're not talking about, like, hey, listen, there's ways around this restructuring. We're going to work around this. Will you? I looked at the offensive line free agents, and it's like, listen, we might have to keep Riley. Okay. We might have to roll with that because you talk about some of these dudes. Like the only dude that's really on that list is like a Ryan Conklin. And if you were to get rid of Riley, you'd have to move Brian over to left, and then you'd have to bring Ryan in to play right. And even that's going to cost you a fortune. Like these these old linemen are expensive, and you start talking about how to make. Now, don't get me wrong. There's ways that they can do it. There's hard ways and there's easy ways. And I think that as long as the team is still on the collective, hey, we're still on the rise, we can still do this, there's going to be an easy way to get it done. The problem becomes if everyone looks around and goes, hey, listen, the window's kind of closed and I'm not willing to give up my spot. So Mm -hmm. let's play hardball here. And that's when you start wondering who's prepared to play hardball because it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, I'll go to war. But when the team's calling you and they're like, hey, man, Thought we were going to do this together. And you're like, well, I'm upset and I'm pissed at you and this isn't right. <laughs> They're going to be like, really? Because we're kind of pissed at you too. Like, we could, this can go both ways. And it's, that's when things start getting tricky. And that's when a team can really come unfolded that people don't see 
you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, and uh, with Rudolph's deal last year, it started to get a little bit tense between the two sides because it was clear that Rudolph still looked at himself as a star tight end, and he saw them draft another tight end as a sign uh, of them telling him, yeah, we're going to replace you, which, of course, he needs to be realistic about because of his age, but doing it when his contract was up, Irv Smith's a good player, but he looked like or came across as if he felt that they were doing it to put pressure on him to sign you know, an, an easier deal for them. And ultimately, he did sign a fairly team-friendly deal, but he's just another one of those players as evidence that the Vikings decided, of the, if you were on the 2017 team, we want you here, and we're going to pay what it takes to keep you here. We're going to make sure that you get deals that have a lot of cash your way that comes from the ownership, because there are some deals that look like they're bigger than they actually appear, and they don't actually pay the guy as much cash. But with the Wilfs, they're always willing to put the cash down. So even if it's not the highest cap hit, it's a lot of cash in your pocket. Um, now, this relates to the quarterback situation as well. And I wrote about this for our website, scorenorth.com, about the future of the quarterback position and signing Cousins to a contract extension. You're already in a pretty tough spot here with the salary cap. You have a lot of players who are getting older, players you might jettison, players who might leave in free agency, like Anthony Harris, Mackenzie Alexander, and so forth. Now, if you're talking about extending Kirk, something that we have not really discussed, it's been mostly about how he played, but something we haven't really discussed is the franchise's trajectory over the next, say, five years. If that's the type of deal you're talking about signing Cousins to as a five-year extension, Well, what is the trajectory over the next five years? A lot of times, you have to go backwards a little bit to go forwards, which doesn't mean tanking, but it might mean that you're seven and nine or you're six and ten for a year or two, or that's the caliber of team that you're putting out there and hoping that Kirk makes you better, unlikely considering who he is. Would that influence you guys if you were trying to be as realistic as possible about where you'll be? If you were saying, you know what, in the next three years, it's probably not our window. How much would that influence your decision on whether to keep Kirk? Oh, that'd be huge. I think if you you're saying that as a team, you're saying our window is closed. Do we extend Kirk? Yeah, is that I mean, your question? I'm asking how much you factor it in. Like, do you look at him in a bubble and say, "Well, look, he's a good quarterback. He's hard to replace." You just you just don't get like the fifth best quarterback in the NFL by quarterback yes. rating just off the shelf. And. I- Lots of guys bust. But if you're looking at the rest of the roster saying, well, you know what? There might need to be some patience within that next contract, though, because we got to restock this cupboard around Kirk. Would that influence whether you decide to keep him or not? Mm, yes, I think it does. I think that when you're looking at Kirk, you're saying, here's a guy who, by all measures, can put up some really nice games, but when it's tested and you know, hit often... Things change. I think that you have to free up some money. You're going to have to find a way to do I mean, with Kirk's deal, I feel like I would want to see it. In the, I might be the only one out here, but I feel like I want to see another year. Don't you? Aren't you like, you know what? I'm willing to roll the dice on this, Kirk. If you go out and have a monster year and you go out and you take us all the way, 
We'll give you exactly what you want. But if you don't, this is where we will separate ties because we are not going to go down this rabbit hole for as many years as everybody else did. It can't just be the same old thing every year. Yeah, we we beat up on the really crappy teams, but when a good team comes into town, we kind of sputter out a little bit. Like, it's got to be, no, he took the reins that year, and that was the year that proved to everybody that he was prepared to go to the next step. It's like, you know, with Dak. Dak's just falling into a really good spot because he is falling into free agency right now. But you look at last year, and you're like, man, he had some great numbers, but they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like what, what are you paying for a quarterback to not win games for then? He's here to win the big games. That's what the quarterback does. I thread the needle, baby. I make it sweet. If you can't do that... Why are we paying you two hundred million dollars? Like I'll go get, I'll go get a, I'll draft a rookie and I'll groom him, and then the fan base will see. Hey, listen, we're gonna sit on this kid for a while. It's gonna take a little bit. If you don't want to be a fan anymore, go be a Green Bay fan. But when we come around, <laughs> don't expect to get back on this train because it's gonna be rolling. It's just Alex that's not my joining thing. the PR staff. No, I'm very straight. I really do want to see this fan. Go be a Packer fan. <laughs> Well, I see, because, you know, you see people that they draft a rookie quarterback, and people are like, oh, here we go, another three years. It does. It takes time to develop them. But I really do think that extending Kirk right now is too premature. I think you need to wait and see what happens. And if if he takes you to the Super Bowl next year, then he's earned it. He's done the Joe Flacco, and you have to give him what he deserves because it's like, you know what, man, he bet on himself, and we bet on ourselves, and we lost, and hey, at least we got a ring out of it, right? Like, well, it's okay with us. You got to go earn this for us. I think that's incredibly fair. I, I think that's accurate. And privately, if I was to sit down, if I was Spielman, and I was to sit down with my staff and assess things now, privately, I would say, I think the window's closed. I, I think the 2017 and 18, we signed Kirk. I think it's closed. I'm not sure. Kirk's coming back. Kirk's got 2020. He's got a no trade. He's yep. going to be paid well. He's coming back. Uh, we're not extending him. And and gentlemen, there is a very good chance that we are going to have to hit a, a very large reset button after 2020, and that's not going to include a highly paid veteran QB who can be brilliant against bad teams and can be pretty good against good teams but falls apart at times. So I, I think Boone's plan is fine. And here's the thing with Kirk. I don't think he's going to be worse because he's in the last year of his contract. Right. So he knows it too. Yeah, So, I, but I don't think he's going to show up and be like, I can't operate without a new contract. I think he's going to operate like Kirk does. Yeah, he'll play. So I'm fine with it. Yep, he's going to earn that money. And then, you know, it's funny that we always talk about should the Vikings sign him, but I wonder what he thinks of this. Because if he <laughs> plays here next year and he goes 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9, and nine, then everyone is going to blame him. And this time it actually won't be his fault <laughs> because the team will have uh, you know corroded a bit around him and it won't be as good and it will be kind of like 2017 Washington. It could be where, well, you had your shot and then things started to fade and Cousins was not Aaron Rodgers, was not Russell Wilson, was not Drew Brees and able to raise the level. Right. So that, But the fans, though, are going to be extremely unhappy with Cousins. They're not going to want him here. You know, you're probably talking about a locker room situation that isn't necessarily the best. You could see a world where Cousins says, I'm going to hit the free agent market again. I'm out. Absolutely. I just want the one guy that I want to stand up in Egan in the coming weeks and and basically articulate the current predicament. It's not Rick. It's Brzezinski. I want him to say, guys, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep paying guys we like. We can't keep bringing guys back. We can't keep... In, in this sport especially... You can run it back X amount of times, and then that's it. 
Yeah. Like, you can't keep yep. saying, this isn't baseball where you're like, ah, that guy's going into his 11th year and we love Joe. I mean, even Green you Bay. Can't keep doing it. Even Green Bay with Favre, even Green Bay yes. with Rodgers head dips. So you can't well, expect. And it was Ted, it was Ted who came. never happened. Ted's the one that came in and said, we can't run this back every time. Yeah. Right. And people didn't like Ted for that. Uh, Alex, great stuff. I'm going to be off next week, so you and I will not talk to each other. So do not put any mystery guests on the docket. No okay? mystery guests so next you, week. You wait till Super Bowl week, then you can mystery guest your butt off. Uh, and Judd, well, you still work. I didn't here. even know you were off yep. next week. You didn't even you tell did me. I'm, I'm Thanks wor- a lot, buddy. I'm working Monday to react yeah. to Boone and I. We're tight. You and me, we're not so tight. Yeah, anymore. I know. Next I week, know. Judd, you and me. I like how, how that sounds. Collar's like Diggs. He's just unhappy, and he's just going to go around mourning. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, great stuff, Alex and Judd. Once See again, ya. you were here. See you guys. Uh, and uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami could be, as they say, lit when we return. All right. We'll catch you tomorrow on Purple Daily. Hi. This is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.